People need to know that help is coming and help is indeed coming. We're taking three steps to support families and businesses with the cost of energy. Firstly, to help households. So to support growth, increase confidence and help families aspiring to own their own home, I can announce that we are cutting stamp duty. In the current system, there is but I'm not going to cut the additional rate of tax today, Mr Speaker. I'm going to abolish it altogether. From April the 23rd, we will have a, high, a single higher rate of income tax of 40%. Hello, I'm Christopher Hope, the Telegraph's Associate Editor for Politics, and this is Chopper's Politics Podcast. Now, listeners, you may not know it, but I have grey hair. I am old. I have covered politics in Westminster for two decades, but I've never, ever sat through a budget as dramatic as the physical event announced this morning by Kwasi Kwarteng, the new Chancellor of the Exchequer. So just hours after the announcement, I asked Gordon Rayner, our associate editor, and Tony Diver, one of our brilliant political team in Parliament, to come and talk about what they just heard and their reaction. Tony Diver, Gordon Rayner, welcome to Chopper's Politics. Tony Diver, you hot-footed straight from the House of Commons. You were there, as I was, in, in, in there watching what happened. What's your top headline from today? Well, it, the most extraordinary number of tax cuts have just been delivered it's to us. It's a bonfire of taxes. It's a huge bonfire of taxes in this 40-page booklet. I'm waving this around. We've been given this booklet. It's got the growth plan 2022. Aha, pause. Not called a budget. Why not? It's not a budget. It is a fiscal event. In fact, in the in the sort of spin we had afterwards from uh, from the Treasury, it was accidentally referred to by people in the Treasury as a budget. So <laughs> it's not, uh, that line didn't last very long. But yes, it's not a budget. It's a fiscal event. It's because, basically Because there were no forecasts with it. That's why it's not a budget. That's right. So the, normally when we have a fiscal event such as this. It's normally a budget or a spring statement. We get the Office for Budget Responsibility tells us what the growth forecast is likely to be. It does a full and audit. And why is it one of those? Accounts. Well, the government won't let them do it. The government said it would take too long. We Ten don't weeks want, to do it. Yeah, we don't want the OBR involved. We're just going to tell you everything we want. And this is, you know, Liz Truss is in Downing Street now. Rip up levelling up. But this is a budget, right? And well, yes, it's I mean, a budget uh, because it's if massive. This, if this was a budget, we would call it a big budget, right? right? There's a lot of tax stuff in here that is pretty extraordinary, pretty massive changes to the taxes. What's your one headline from it? Well, he's abolished the additional rate of income tax. There 45p are now, gone. The 45p rate is totally gone. If you earn over £150,000, you pay the same amount of tax as someone who earns £51,000. Right? That is a huge change. And it's basically saying, look, yeah. we're going to make the tax system less progressive, but we don't care because what it's going to do is boost the economy. It's going to create economic growth, and that ultimately will be good for everyone in the end. And that is the big message today from Kwasi Kwarteng. It's, it's not about redistribution. It's all about making the size of the And that's bigger. only in England, not in Scotland. That's correct. So from next yeah. April... The tax differential between England and Scotland at the top rate is 46p against 40p. That also is interesting for the union, isn't it? Gordon Rayner, what's your takeaway from this? Well, similarly, um, it's, as you say, the biggest budget we've had in years, even though it's not a budget. And biggest since 1972, according to the IFS. Yes, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of uh, debate as to whether the 1972 budget is, is a very kind comparison because that was um, seen as a dash for growth and it didn't really work. So... Uh, but, you know, situation was different then. We're in a, we've got different economic circumstances now. Liz Truss, it will hope that this gamble pays off. And it is a massive, massive gamble. She's basically put everything on black. And if it comes up red, then forget it. Labour are back. Yep. Speaking of red, though, of course, the government also said that it's going to borrow £72 billion more is, is one of the things they announced this morning. That's in, um, in this fiscal year, because that, that is a, only a small amount of the £400 billion they borrowed at the height of COVID. So they would put that into a context. I mean... The pound is tanking as we're speaking. We're speaking at lunchtime on the Friday. The pound is tanking. Why is that, Tony David, do you think? 
Well, I mean, clearly, the, clearly, the markets are pretty nervous about this idea. And I mean, if you look at if you do look at it from a government balance sheet point of view, th- this book that we've got in front of us has got a lot of very expensive stuff in it, and not a lot of stuff that raises money. Paid for so, by future growth hasn't happened yet. Exactly, it's, and, it's called the the growth plan twenty twenty two, but that should be a question mark. Well, Is quite, it a growth plan? We have no idea. Well, Kwasi Kwarteng says that the government wants to reach a trend rate of two and a half percent growth in the medium term. But actually pressed on this, the Treasury won't actually tell us what they the won't medium, define term medium term is. Medium term could be 10 years. I mean, the, what, what is it in the context of the Gordon entire Rainer, economy? It, That's a long the markets time. are tanking this morning because of this mm. document. Do you worry there's no actual cuts in spending here? Because what the markets want to see is that Britain is investable, that it yeah. can control spending. That means cutting stuff. Now, I wonder why, for example, HS2 is a big cost on the bottom line of the budget. Mm-hmm. Why isn't that being cut back? But there's no actual cutting. Yeah. This entire document is based on future growth that hasn't happened yet. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I was talking, I've been talking to Tory MPs since this, since this not budget was delivered, <laughs> and uh, particularly Tory MPs who didn't come out in support of Liz Trust to see what they think of it, because obviously she will hope that this will help to unite the party. I'm not sure that it will. The point that some of the MPs were making, particularly uh, Rishi Sunak supporters, was that they said, you know, the bond markets will be the ones who decide whether or not this stands or falls. And in particular, they were drawing attention to the the level of interest rates. I think it's 3.75% at the moment that the government is paying on its debt. If that uh, goes up, then um, she's going to be in a lot of trouble, I think. Tony Diver, let's go through the document briefly then. We talked about the top rate of income tax. There's also an issue about the 1p cut off the basic rate. Yeah, so Rishi Sunak told us that we were going to get a 1p cut from 20% down to 19% in April 2024, i.e. just before when we expect the next general election to be. That's been brought forward by a whole year, so it's now April 2023. And what's that worth to people? £170 a year. Right, compared to how much for the, off the top rate being cut off? £10,000. Well, that depends how much you earn, doesn't it? On average, but, average yeah. earnings, but it's, it does feel like a rich person's budget. Well, yeah, and actually, I mean, I know we just said there that it's not a budget that saves any money by cutting things, but one of the things Kwasi Kwarteng did say would be cut is people's benefits if, if, they, won't, <laughs> uh, if they won't work harder to get jobs, basically. He mm. says that the, the government wants to make work pay, and so there's a sort of stick approach yeah. to this rather than what you and might describe as a carrot approach. Let's skip through what we knew was happening. We know that the planned increase in corporation tax from 19p to 25p from April now will not happen. The national insurance increase, which Rishi Sunak put through in April, now will be axed. Employers 1.25% on, on, on for employees. That goes. That's 2.5% tax cut. And there's also cuts in stamp duty. Yes, that's right. I mean, that's... That's very significant for first-time buyers. Um, the Chancellor said that he wants more people to be able to get on the housing ladder, which is, of course, what Conservative governments always say. Mm-hmm. First-time buyers now won't pay stamp duty up to £425,000. Right. It was previously £300,000. And he, and he also announced a lot of new measures around business investment as well. I mean, interesting yeah. what you say earlier about the markets the markets tanking, but, I mean, the Chancellor says he wants Britain to be a place where people yeah, come to invest their money. They want to see government spending their own, cutting their own spending rather than spending more of future of our kids' and grandkids' money. That's right. But, I mean, there is some regulatory stuff here. He, mm-hmm. they, they announced the uh, what they call investment zones, which were a bit like free ports, but they're not ports. They're yeah, sort of, onshore free ports. Yes, ultra-low tax zones where... I mean, the tone is that he's lifting a cap on bankers' bonuses. Now, that was explained to us because a lot of banks had been avoiding the cap by paying more in actual income rather than bonuses. So the idea is it brings it back into a kind of way to regulate the money better. That's, yeah, what, that's the explanation we, have, we heard from the Treasury this morning. Gordon Rayner, what, what, the focus of this government, this majority in 2019 is built on the Red War. The manifesto in 2019 was a Red Wall manifesto. It was for the whole country, a one-nation document. This is a kind of, this is a true blue, you know, mid-80s perspective we've got here, which diverts a long way away from, from 2019. Yeah. What do you think Red Wall MPs are thinking? How is this saleable to their voters? 
Well, I mean, I've, I've spoken to some. I think the feeling is that we've gone from levelling up to trickle down. I think the story of this budget, and probably the story that Liz Truss is trying to tell for her entire premiership now, is that she wants Britain to become the place for investors, the place for entrepreneurs. That's why she's lifting the cap on bankers' bonuses. It's why she's bringing taxes down for the wealthy, because she wants to make it a very welcoming place for wealth creators. Singapore on sea, that, that idea? Well, I mean, That was pushed by Philip Hammond, I yeah, think, back I in mean, the day. Probably not quite, but certainly the, the, the idea is that you, um, that you generate wealth. That benefits everybody, uh, and that will benefit people in the Red Wall as well. But the problem is that it's quite difficult to explain that, I think. Uh, it's quite a sort of abstract theory for, for a lot of people who are on low incomes. And if they don't see the, the genuine effect before the next election, which they may well not because it's a very tight turnaround, then they may just wonder what it's all for. James Driver, do you see in this budget, I'm going to call it a budget, I've given up saying it's a growth plan, this budget, do you see it as an aspiration budget? So the idea of cutting taxes for the highest earners is meant to show as a kind of look what you can do, look what you can benefit from if you work hard, that's the point. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I think, the, you know, in that sense, you're he right. He called it a true. riddle, didn't he, in his statement? Didn't that word riddle? He did, yeah. Um, because the government's always trying to get people to work, the productivity is poor in this country, I want to get, they want to increase it, help people get on reward working hard this is a way of doing it yeah i mean the government's right in that and productivity has been stalling for a decade and it is the big thing that the treasury has not managed to fix yet but but this is a huge gamble for the for the government i mean if if people at the next election look back on this and say well we cut the ban on bankers bonuses and we scrapped the top rate of income tax we allowed the rich to get much richer but it was okay because the idea was that we were all going to get richer in the long run if it turns out that people don't mm. uh, and the the um, forecasts from the bank of england are not particularly not particularly good for the next six months are they then people yeah. will say, well, what was the point in doing it? All you've done is help people get richer. What do you think, Gordon Rain? I mean, she's going long here for the next election, mm-hmm. isn't she? She has to give give the government, this is Liz Truss now, give the government time to make this work. So therefore, yeah. it looks like a late 24 election now, surely. Yeah, I think that in terms of the the politics of it all, it's interesting because what she's done is, uh, as a lot of people have said, she has opened up clear blue water between between the Tories and Labour. And, that's, and the SNP. Yeah, and and not all Tory MPs think that's a good thing because, and I stress not all, that doesn't mean you know a lot of them do think it's a good thing. Uh, but I think the point is that, that the Tories were occupying the centre ground. Labour couldn't go any further to the left because taxes are already at a, you know, a historic high. They couldn't go any further to the right because the Tories were basically occupying that ground. So they, they had Labour boxed in. And now Labour aren't boxed in anymore because the Tories have gone so far to the right. There is room for Labour to move now more towards the centre ground. They they do have space now where they could say we'll put taxes up a little bit because there is room for them to do that. So it means that you know for Labour this could be this could be good news because they can then start talking about things they like talking about. Mm. So it, you know yet, yet more evidence of what a huge gamble it, it is. And uh, you know I I was talking to one MP who said that um, the the worry is that. If this doesn't work, then the Tories' entire reputation for economic competence is gone, and then they'll be out of power for a, a, an, 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 a, generation, a proper generation, that, not that, just that a few is, years, but a generation. That is the risk they're doing here, Tony Diver, isn't it? I mean, it is, it is you know, this dash for, dash for growth we saw from the Heath in the early 70s, it is what they are risking here. You, you know, it, it, could, it, could, it could backfire. Yes, it could. And actually, that was the language that Labour used in the chamber. I mean, Rachel Reeves, the Shadow Chancellor, stood up and described Liz Truss and Quasi Quartan as like two gamblers in a casino late at night, chasing a losing streak, rolling the dice one more time. Yeah. I mean, that will be Labour's narrative going into the next because election. Because they have torched 12 years of government. I mean, what they're doing here is saying, 
we we have been this and it's the same people basically uh, in and around the government have got it all wrong for the past 12 years here's a new idea i mean our electorate are the electorate stupid or will they buy this well, yeah, I mean, the electorate will look at Liz Truss and say, well, hang on, she's been sitting in the cabinet, mm. <laughs> sitting in the cabinet basically for the last decade. Um, and now she turns up in number 10 and says, well, I've got a totally new plan. We're all going to do it differently. We're going to rip up levelling up. We're going to we're going to mm. scrap the issues. Well, they're redefining levelling up with a Tory edge to it now. So it's about private sector money being tempted into areas where they need growth. Right. Yes, not ripping right. up, yes, yes. up levelling up. It, it's just well, but the more entire of, Tory of levelling up that we had under Boris Johnson, the new idea that we had at the 2019 election was basically we're going to create loads of pots of money and we're going to give them to places that have been historically deprived, have been historically mm. ignored by the government. Um, now, what they're saying is, well, we're not going to do that, mm. but we're going to try and create... Because Tory members voted for a new idea, didn't they, with a new leadership, and they've got one with knobs on. This is what the Tories wanted, isn't it? The membership, the base wanted this. Rishi Sunak would not have done this. Right. No, no. I mean, I mean, the, I mean she's exactly doing what, what she Sunak did that is now being ripped up this correct. morning. So she is responding, to be fair to the government, Kwasi Kwarteng and Liz Truss are doing what they told they would they would do to the base. They are, they are. But of course, they are doing something totally different to what the actual country voted for at the last general election in 2019. So, and does that, and Gunnery, will the pressure for an election grow now? Well, well uh, there are. There are people who think that she could go for an election next summer. And the basis of that would be that you have got, for a start, people will start seeing these changes coming through in their pay packets in April. So people might feel that there's a boost. She might get lucky, as some Tory MPs have have phrased it, if there is a settlement in Ukraine, if there's a peace deal in Ukraine, and then that eases the pressure on fuel prices. All of a sudden, petrol prices come down, people's fuel bills come down. They're down already. They're 20p off now already, aren't they? Uh, So so if that continues, and if, if, if Ukraine does get sorted out, then we could be in a very different situation come next spring where people's costs have gone down, inflation has come down, they've got more money in their pocket, and then also they'll have the local elections in May, which will be um, the the elections that uh, are the equivalent of the 2019 local elections when Theresa May did very badly. So they'll probably pick up some seats in those elections. So it could be that by next May, June, it's looking like she's successful and she could then decide to call a snap election then, but not before then. Goodness, what, what do you think uh, turned out to do Gordon's thesis? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've heard the same thing, actually, from, mm. from MPs. Um, in fact, even Rishi Sunak supporting MPs are saying, are saying this as well. They're saying that, actually, maybe she'll just go early. I mean, of course, it's all about the long-term growth of the economy, right? If, if, we, yeah. if, in, if in less than a year's time it looks like this growth plan is starting to work, the economy feels like it's been given a bit of a jump start, then, then yeah, she may, she may well go. Oh, I suppose the other thing that the, the government's got to think about is the position of Labour in that time. You know, can Labour really start to effectively put the boot in to Liz Truss um, mm. over, over the next six to eight months? How will they respond this weekend? We're going into a big weekend for Labour. It's their party conference up in mm. Liverpool, Gordon. Well, I think they will probably rely on the words of Rishi Sunak when you know, he, <laughs> he talked about fairy tale, uh, you know, fairy tale economics, didn't he? And I think we'll probably hear them using those phrases a lot and we'll probably hear them saying, you don't need to listen to us, just listen to, you know, senior Tories, this is what they think of this plan. It's interesting that, that I don't think Rachel Reeves really decided to go big on the idea of it being a, a budget for the for the wealthy. We would have normally expected them mm. Labour to um, to say that this is Tories wanting to reward certainly a Corbyn debates. government a Corbyn leadership would have done that wouldn't they yeah of course they would yeah so it, it does feel as though Starmer is is having a very good think about exactly mm. how he wants to fight this battle. 
Tony? Yeah, no, that, that, that's completely right. I mean, Labour wants to be seen now of the, as the party of business, but they, they're the safe pair of hands mm. with the economy. I mean, oh, they were lax about money-making, like Peter Mandelson said they were in the well, 90s. Certainly, it's, it feels like it, doesn't it? But I don't think they're quite there yet. I don't think they've quite decided these things. It does feel like the sort of economic strategy is still emerging. I mean, of course, they have to define themselves in opposition mm. to what the government's doing, right? And we've, mm. only, I mean, we've, only, had this, <laughs> we've only had this plan a few it's hours. A, it's a massive gauntlet, isn't it? I mean, it, the Tories are saying, this is where we are. How will you react? And what will the SNP do in Scotland? They're going to get billions more... They, they can use to pay for a tax cut if they want to, or they can use it in different ways, can't they? I mean, it just does. Yeah, it I mean, does enliven politics because you have mm. absolute well it'll, clarity. It'll, it'll either work or it won't. And if it, if it works, then Labour won't be able to do much about it because it will have been a roaring success and at least Trust will be held a genius. If it doesn't work, then Labour's job is done for them because you know it'll have been a disaster and they just um, they just say nothing and they get elected probably. <laughs> Final thoughts, Tony Diver. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we knew already that the next election was going to be a very high bar for the Tories to clear. They have been in power for 12 years, so they're fighting, you know, to some extent they're fighting a losing battle. But this does look like, if it works, it might be the thing that gets them over the line. Gordon? Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that totally. It's, the, the reason I think she feels she can take this massive gamble is that there isn't much of an alternative. I think if she had, if she'd just carried on as we were, the chances are the Tories would have either lost the election or they would have been back in coalition or struggling to make a coalition. So it's it's kind of a um, winner bust, isn't it? Uh, you know, she, she either does something bold and they win, or she does something fairly timid and they were going to lose anyway. Well, Gordon Ray and Tony Diver, thank you for joining us. Hot foot from Parliament on an extraordinary Friday morning here in Westminster and in politics generally. Thank you. Thanks thank for having us. Gordon Rayner and Tony Diver there. Well, that's all for this week for this emergency edition of Chopper's Politics podcast. Our next podcast, out in a few days' time, features interviews with Lord Mandelson, Peter Mandelson, the architect of New Labour's three election victories in the noughties and late 1990s, and Lisa Nandy, the shadow levelling up secretary. So do look out for that. Thank you to my producers, Giles Gear and Louisa Wells. But most of all, thank you to you, well, for listening more reaction to this mini budget this fiscal event why not sign up to my daily choppers politics newsletter the link to sign up is in the show notes for this episode remember if you can please do buy a copy of the daily telegraph it's great value and you won't regret it until next time though cheerio